0: You're a real crumb bum.
1: Can you feel that? Can you
0: feel what's about to happen on this field, man? So now it's four and twenty-six. You want Philly food? Says Melcoy in the Middle East, number two.
2: And the Eagles fans,
1: the Eagles, fan, Eagles fans everywhere. This is for you. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Once again, this is episode 9 of Your Favorite Eagles Podcast. I'm Eric, joined by my co-host Dom, and we are the Philly specialist. We have an exciting episode, a little bit of a milestone here today for you guys. It's our first episode with a guest. Uh, that guest is actor, comedian, West Coast Eagles fan, and host of the Bringing the Backups podcast, Eric Helwig. Eric, thanks for jumping on, man.
2: Yeah, Eric, thanks for having me. Wait, your co-host's name is Dom, because it says on the app, Craig.
0: <laughs> craig is our our pet robot craig,
1: craig is is a a bot that records uh discord so that oh, we can do, I, like when we when we beam people in
2: how fucking dumb do i sound i bet like people on discord or <laughs> that's that's like being like my oh who's your friend tom on myspace like i'm an idiot <laughs> I, i've i've only been on this app once i thought craig was a real person well, Craig
1: is he's he's near and dear to our hearts. He's mm-hmm. not a real person, but you know he's important to us. Yeah, he's real to
0: me, damn it. Except except his picture is Nightmare Fuel.
2: Yeah, very scary. Yeah.
0: Are you guys
2: <laughs> Are you guys both in Philly?
1: Yeah, we're right next to each other.
2: Yes, we're oh, slugging
1: Miller lights together in Philly right now.
2: Oh, you're literally sitting next to each other.
1: Yes, sir. Yes.
2: Wow, that's nice. That's that's good for you guys. Were you <laughs> doing that? Were you doing it. that during the pandemic or were you, uh, you know, keeping uh, six feet of distance?
1: <laughs> um, we kind of started this. I mean, this is like a relatively new podcast. We started this like pretty late in the game pandemic wise. So gotcha. We were pretty much chilling in my basement anyway.
0: Yeah. And we've been drunk making out since we were like 13 years old. So it's I mean, it's just like it's just a normal thing for us to just be this close to each other anyway. Yeah, I mean,
2: considering how much uh, jizz you guys exchange between each other, you're right. It's probably not that big a deal. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. and speak, speak. Spe- <laughs> <It's right in. laughs>
2: yeah. I like to, I like to start off with a homophobic joke at least 45 seconds into every podcast. That's how I roll. That's that's always the starting point.
0: It's an icebreaker. Uh, it's, that's that's, a it's icebreaker. great content. It it kind of it kind of throws me off because when I wanted to throw it to our first segment here, and uh, you know, I wanted to catch you off guard, but it seems like you're going to be fitting right in to talk about uh so we're gonna we're gonna ask you how are you gonna solve the uh israeli palestine uh situation <laughs> and, and I, I need it quick because the sixers play in an hour
2: <laughs> no don't yeah. worry man I've, I've been studying up on my instagram memes like all the other west coast comedians i know so i, sh- I think i'm an expert on it uh Speaking of
1: west coast comedians man <laughs> west coast well west coast eagles fans you guys need a little redemption arc so i'm glad you you came on here Which everybody knows is the most popular uh, Eagles podcast in Philadelphia. I'm glad you came on here to talk about it because EDP really did you guys dirty. Made you look bad.
2: Wait, who's EDP? Oh,
0: geez. Let me tell you something. EDP. You know him and you don't know that you know him. He he goes under the pseudonym EDP, uh, standing for Eatin' Dat Pussy. 445. Uh, he is a West Coast Eagles fan that just recently got caught on a, a, a YouTuber's uh, version of how to catch a predator. So, <laughs> so listen, if you uh, if you are the 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 second most uh, well known uh, West Coast Eagles fan, I would consider that a uh, a a hard uh, bar to clear. Uh, as as long as you're uh, you know you don't have any hideous crimes hidden.
2: No, that's true, and luckily in Philadelphia, no child has ever been molested. So you guys have a really good point on that. Uh, <laughs> I definitely have to answer for one dude fucking a kid that likes the <laughs> Eagles in the state I live. That's that sounds reasonable. Uh, so we well, look, first off, don't let don't let me in. Look, I, I am technically a West Coast Eagles fan, but like, don't I, I am not one of these woke pussies out here. All right. I'm from the East coast and I happen to live in LA. That's whenever I introduce myself on stand-up shows, like, what do you want us to say? LA comic. I'm like, you say East coast comic currently stranded in California. (laughs) I want to make it local to Philly. So I'm a, so I'm a military brat. So I was all over the place, but my family's from the East coast. My dad's from Philly. My mom was from DC. So they kind of settled in that area. Um, so yeah, like even as a kid moving around a bunch, we would come home summer summers. I would go to Eagles games, Phillies I'd say I'd go to Phillies games during the summer, and if we went to go see my grandparents during the fall or winter, we'd always catch an Eagles game. So yeah, my dad brainwashed me from a very early age. I mean, I was there's photos of me when I'm three years old in Germany with a Randall Cunningham jersey on, trick-or-treating. I'm like, I don't even know how he got a Randall Cunningham jersey into Germany. But like he, he really worked hard to brainwash me into being an Eagles fan uh, against all odds.
0: Well, you know, that's a, that's father of the year right there. If if I ever heard it, my dad just just beat the shit out of me. If I even thought about rooting for another team. So same,
1: this one's for big, big hell. (laughs) And
2: I'm I'm telling you, I, I know a lot of people like that who like, who their parents root for a different team than they do. And I just, I look at them like they're fucking aliens. When they tell me it really does not make sense to me. I think that I think that is specifically an East Coast thing, and even more specifically a Philly thing, where like the the Philly teams kind of get passed down from generation to generation. It's a real, it's a real betrayal. I feel like to to go off with another team.
0: No, I definitely, I definitely agree with with that uh that sentiment that you're kind of it's 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 basically an ingrained culture into our brains, and that's I think that's what made. Uh, and and it's a little bit of uh, this is a, a literary device called foreshadowing. Uh, the Super Bowl <laughs> felt so good, <laughs> because, right? Thanks, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been, it, uh... it's not a, it's not a
2: literary device if you fucking say it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I, I, this is,
0: <laughs> this is for the people that read our transcripts. Actually,
2: <laughs> no, that, that's, that, that one, pour one out for the deaf community. That one was for the transcript readers.
0: Right, right. And, 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 you know, I think, um, we're big supporters of the disabled here. Yeah, we're, we're practically the disabled. So we are for, for us, by us. We're the FUBU of the disabled community. <laughs> great so so what we wanted to touch on today uh, because we wanted to uh get an an expert in here
1: before yeah before we do that tell us a little bit about your podcast about bringing it back up so i've been listening to it a little bit this week i love the rex grossman episode i was i was living for that one um tell us a little bit about, about what you guys are doing over there
2: um yeah i mean so i started it maybe two or three months into the pandemic uh i was like, I need to do something besides masturbate 85 times before noon every day. So let's start a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, you can do it really. Yeah, during during the podcast, if you hear me out of breath. So like what I – the the reason I – I had multiple ideas for podcasts, and a buddy of mine was like, dude, it's going to be so much work to edit and stuff like that. It really should be something that you – do in your spare time and really love. Otherwise, you're going to get tired of the podcast, even if it's doing well. Like, you shouldn't just have a theme to have a theme. And as he was saying that to me, I was watching Coy Detmer career touchdown highlights, which, if you can imagine, is a very quick video. He's only, he only only threw 10 touchdowns in the NFL. But it's like, the, the video lasts seven minutes on YouTube because they show, like, eight angles of the same touchdown pass. And, like, they slow it down in slow motion. But, like, I really do have, like, an affinity for those old... Football players from like the 90s, early 2000s when I was a little kid. Like those were the guys I was rooting for. Um, and those, a lot of those Eagles teams weren't even good. Um, but that was just kind of like how I kind of fell in love with, with the sport. So, yeah, it's a little bit of like the podcast is like a nostalgia play with that. I always talk about one backup quarterback from usually a different team in the league every year uh, or every episode. And then uh, it's kind of morphed to where, like, I like to have guests on, but I usually just bring on comic friends of mine. I try to get the backups, but they never come on the show. That's like a running joke on the show: is no fucking quarterbacks will come let me talk to them because I think because I'm making fun of their careers a little bit. I don't know if they have the best sense of humor <laughs> about getting lightly roasted about throwing three touchdowns in seven years. So that's the pod. It's like it's really more of a comedy podcast, but. I like to think that it's accessible if you're not a football fan, but obviously if you're a football fan, you're going to relate to everything I'm, I'm talking about on there.
1: Yeah, for sure. I don't know if we could get you a backup yes. quarterback, but Dom was a pretty good corner back in the day. We used to call it Salvato Island. I mean, he was the slowest guy out there, but he talked <laughs> a lot of shit. So he got a little bit of a name for himself. Yep. Yeah, and, you talk, uh,
2: you, you, talk so you talk such like like – painful shit to the receiver that they run slower because you're making them sad about like traumatic things in their life. I feel you that that's a strategy.
1: I would see him run like a 12 second 40 and then he'd be like, I'm faster than you. And I'd be like, is he,
0: could he be? (laughs) When you say it with so much confidence, it's really the key. And you know, Eric spoke a little too soon there because I was the backup Steady quarterback in sixth grade. Uh, when they had the one kid play quarterback for both sides, count
1: seven Mississippi's. Oh,
0: if yeah. anything ever happened to him, then they would let me play. They said, but like he was, you know, he always played. And uh, when they when he wasn't in, they told me I shouldn't play because I was way too fat. But I really think that if I would have <laughs> got Such in as there,
1: life. Such like-
0: there <laughs> would have been a, an an episode for me on bringing in the backups. When I'm
2: back, this is back when I was single, I was on a, uh, I was on a, uh, intramural team for flag football and I guess the quarterback got hurt. I was like, I'll go in. And I ended up just becoming the quarterback for the team for the last like six games of our intramural season. And mm-hmm. then like, it was like, I'm not, we went three and three, I, I don't have a strong arm, but I feel like my leadership qualities really carried the team. And then I ended up hooking, with, hooking up with one of the girls uh, at the end of the season. It was like it was as good as winning a Super Bowl. Yeah,
1: so you played sports
2: for the say, right reason. I played, I played sports for the right reason. That was like when I was moving to New York. So it's like you're trying to make friends. You know, improv class and intramurals were the way to date back then.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, another um, literary device here. Uh, life imitates art, right? Ha, two, two for two. Yeah, because he does the backup podcast. He the backup. A came in, got the all. girl. The replacements, not too.
2: <laughs> yeah, you guys have to stop saying the thing you're doing out loud. <laughs> and now, a, and now a callback.
0: And now a podcast. <laughs> and
2: now I will chug this Miller Lite. Here, <laughs> like, time for a transition. So, what was it like being an army, Brad? <laughs> <sighs>
0: We never when when you DM'd us you never asked if we were good at this. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: a good point. Okay. Real quick moving on, we do want to hit a couple little news and notes things that we want to talk about before we get into the year in review and we're going to do some uh, conversation about Philly backups appropriately. Rookie signings this this week, uh, pretty much everybody got signed. Notably Devontae Smith 4 years 20.1 million. Pretty much standards, You got a 5th year option on it. Easy stuff, right? Uh, the big thing I wanted to talk to you about was Fletcher Cox. Now, his contract, he's making $15 million this year. Obviously, he's playing this year. There's some rumblings going around that this may be his last year. Next year, he's got $16.1 million salary with 13 dead cap. And that's the final year of his contract. The final two years that go to 2024 are avoidable. They're just dummy years. So they don't even matter. Is there any consideration if Fletcher Cox gets moved at the end of this year?
0: In my personal opinion, I think uh, the idea of of getting rid of one of your best players is never a good idea. And the idea is probably because uh, I drink the Jalen Hurts Kool Aid, so I think they're going to be competitive in 21 and 22. So those two years of having some nice cocks in our life is going to be, uh, you know, you you don't want to you don't want to get rid of a player before uh, the time comes. I know that there's a uh, an old general expectation with the Eagles to get the guy get rid of the guy before he goes on that downturn but I I don't see that coming anytime soon I really do think he's been pretty productive I mean you're getting double teamed every play so you're not going to see those stats on the stat line but on the other hand I think his presence is such a huge aspect to that defensive line and when you're installing a new defense over the next year and then all the all the way into 2022 I think he's going to be a really stabilizing presence on that defensive line that makes it I guess. Something that I'd rather have on this team even if I lose out on the third round pick I get for him or whatever, you know, I don't know what the value would be at the trade deadline this year. So
1: I think the bigger question is do you want to be strapped two years from now with having to pay him because he's a stabilizing force? You know? Because he's gonna get paid. Even at thirty one or thirty two, he's gonna he's gonna make money. I mean he's as long as he doesn't have a significant drop off. You know, it's going to be a big price tag. And do you want to pay a 32 year old defensive tackle big money? And I love Fletcher Cox, don't get me wrong, I don't want to see him leave. But I just looked up his age, and he's 30 years old. And that means he was born in 1990, which makes me want to throw up because we're thinking about how this guy's old. Um
0: I think you just insulted our guest. I think he may be from... I'm old as fuck, dude, compared
2: to Fletcher Cox. He's like a child to me. Look, <laughs> l- l- let, me, l- let me answer this question. A- a- or I-, I should say, I have to ask you guys a question. You can both give me a one-word answer, and then I'll let you know what I think about this contract. Did Fletcher Cox win a Super Bowl with the Eagles? Yes, yes. Lifetime contract, next question.
0: Uh, you know, I, I think... Uh- <laughs> I think that's a pretty, pretty, solid, pretty solid analysis. That's why, we, that's why we bring in the heavy hitters. Adam that's Schefter, why, yeah. <laughs> Adam Schefter can lick extent. them from the back. Yeah, it's called,
2: it's called uh, the Eagles won the Super Bowl and I hugged my dad in the streets and he said he loved me. I don't give a fuck. Lifetime <laughs> contracts, ride the train into hell. Who gives a shit? That's how I feel. Fletcher Cox uh, for life. August. I, it is, I, I, here's I, the thing I, it is impo- if you're an Eagles fan it's impossible to argue because it's just yeah. the fucking it's the feeling it's the gut feeling I think if you win a Super Bowl the GM should have to take a mandatory two-year vacation and the team that won gets to run it back like it's a pickup basketball game
0: well that's <laughs> crazy because that's exactly what Howie Roseman did anyway so <laughs> he's taking he's taking yeah, your yeah. advice but except I, except
2: I, for Nick Foles, not to not to turn
0: it to Nick Foles, fucking
2: fan fight again. But except for the guy that fucking won the Super Bowl, that guy didn't get to stay. Oh whatever, we could go and do it a million times. Anyway, we, next question. Wonder, I, don't want, I don't want I don't want to I don't want to hijack your guys' show. You have news and notes. The people want their info. You know. Well, pretend I'm not, not, pretend I'm not here. There's not too much left, and we are going to get
1: back to Nick Foles definitely. But uh, PFF <laughs> ranked us number thirty. Uh, wide receiver room uh i think that's a little unkind i know they were really bad last year but i think i was looking at some of the rankings like i don't i don't know that i would confidently say the patriots have a better wide receiver room than us
0: so i think it's the unproven factor and that's that's one thing that we can we can kind of delve into you know maybe devote a whole episode to to blowing this wide receiver core i would love to do it because i i really am faith i have a lot of faith in this team and uh i i'd like to get real deep into that what well, you know maybe during uh camp and things like that or are we having a minicamp whatever it doesn't matter uh 30th seems a little unfair but i think when you don't prove nothing i mean it's like we're probably the 30th ranked podcast in the world realistically and like you know what we're, we're we only have a couple episodes under our belt so that makes sense to me but i mean we're all talent wise Ability to uh, tantalize guests with our, with our DMs and, and, and promiscuous talk. I mean, we've, we've got all the tools to be the number one receiving core in the league. Uh, so I think uh, we just need a year to prove it. Uh, and that's what I think the uh, Philadelphia Eagles are going to be uh, looking to do this year with their wide receiving core, is, is looking for a year to prove it. Yeah, they're not going
1: to be like, listen, I love Devontae Smith. I think he's an incredible player. I've been campaigning for him for months. But they're not going to be Julio and AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of Julio and AJ Brown, how scary is that offense now?
0: Oh, that's that's the best trade possible. They're going to be in that division with Indianapolis. More losses for our buddy Carson Wentz, who I'm sure uh, Eric with a, with a K will tell tell us that uh, that was the wrong quarterback to stay. And you know, for the way that he hurt for the way that he hurt me, uh, sometimes I have some trouble uh, disagreeing with that. And now that Look, I got, at least we got Jalen Hurts out of it.
2: Jalen Hurts is awesome. I love Jalen Hurts. I love that he's got like a fucking warrior mentality and he's like a coach's kid, which I think is going to help too. Um, I was going to say about the Titans. I think the Titans offense would be a lot scarier if they didn't have a college receiver at quarterback. Everybody <laughs> yeah. pretends like, is this awesome guy? He's like, he's not like Derek has led the league in rushing for two years when you, when you have, like, eight or nine guys in the box, you don't have to be that good at quarterback. <laughs> so I'm not, like, I'm not, like, a huge, like, Tannehill guy. Like, I don't know. Maybe – obviously the weapons around him are pretty good except for tight ends. So we'll see how the Titans gel. But, I mean, the rest – I feel like almost like – this uh, year, right? They lost John uh-huh. Smith. Smith. He's one the pass. Patriots, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I,
1: I, don't, I don't think the Tannehill's great. I don't even think he's – I think he's, like – Pretty much Andy Dalton, he's on the Dalton scale. But the the benefit of of a guy like Tannehill is he just won't fuck it up for you. Mm -hmm. Like, he's not going to go out and win your game. But when you have the benefit of maybe the, I don't know, the third best single rusher in the league in Derrick Henry, and then you've got monsters on the outside like A.G. Brown and Julio Jones, just don't fuck it up is all you need. So I think they're going to make a deep run, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I, I think, think to to,
2: to so reference a to, to reference a DM you sent me, he's the Eric Snow of quarterbacks. It's like just get the ball to the guy that can do something.
1: <laughs> That's
0: really all you need on that. Team. Yeah, no, it's the truth. Yeah, yeah. And it's 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 going to be a fun team to watch because it, he Eric, uh, Eric Snow and I guess Ryan Tannehill both remind me of the kid uh, who runs his mouth at the bar and he's like. You know, the not the toughest looking dude in the world, but then when you go and con- confront him, you like turn around. He's got like four guys that are six foot ten, two hundred and eighty pounds, right? His head <laughs> and you're like, what are you gonna do now? Like when you when you're looking at Ryan Tannehill, you're like, this guy ain't shit. And then you like peer your head over a little bit, and you see uh, Derrick Henry's huge uh, gorilla penis sticking out of the back of his helmet. And then you look <laughs> to your left, and you see AJ Brown shaped out of marble, and then the best receiver since I've been. Uh, born on the other side like i'm i'm just straight up happy they're in the afc get them <laughs> get them the fuck away that's from me
1: see twice a year god forbid uh all right i think that's all i got news and notes wise man i think that it's just it's a slow week it's the middle of the
0: summer yeah th- that's you know that's that's the one good thing about having uh having an eagles podcast there's so many things to talk about in terms of the the history of the team and um I think we can get into why we brought our expert on uh, from from the uh, backups world about 2017 and just how special Ooh. of a year it was. We've kind of touched on it throughout the episode. Uh, I think first you were describing a moment of affection with your father. Uh, that was that was the one time I, you know, I was I've seen four grown men crying in the same room and then I went outside and cried with like 14 other grown men. It was like a <laughs> great experience, but a, 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 an amazing thing to uh, to look back on. Yeah.
1: A 2017 year interview episode is a ray of sunshine in uh, a pit of despair that has been the last year or a year and a half of being an Eagles fan. So that is, that is just trying first. to talk about it, bring everybody a little bit of happiness.
2: Yeah, man, I, I'm i with you guys. I The one thing I – not to jump the gun on what you want to talk about, but I feel like the way they handled winning the Super Bowl made us – I feel like they could have had like a two- or three-year grace period where the team could have sucked and we all would have been like not miserable and still been enjoying watching it. But it was the way they managed the roster afterwards made us go like – I think it made people more upset than we, we should have been after winning a Super Bowl. Like I feel like we should still have a nice twenty seventeen glisten to our walk. Like everybody should still be like, man, that was great. But they like I think they just mismanaged the joy. That's that's my that's the best way to say it. They mismanaged the joy of a Super Bowl win.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, they they mismanaged the roster. And they didn't have to be a bad team. You don't have to win Back-to-back Super Bowls for us to be happy, but you need to take a good team and be competitive with that good team. You know, I, I don't think anybody in Philly expected us to 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 win three Super Bowls in three years, but they just made mistake after mistake after mistake post 2017 with signing older guys like Jason Peters and letting them bend you over the barrel. Um, you know, it's just just all kinds of goofy stuff, bad draft picks, draft picks that didn't pan out. Just just Stupid shit. And a few years later, here we are with a team that went from a Super Bowl in 2017 to being one of the worst teams in football last year. So just just be competitive. But in my opinion, a lot of that has to do with Doug. So that's that's how I feel about it. I, I don't know how much is the front office and how much is Doug and just just the complete inability to develop young players and to get get these skill
0: positions. Better, I think the further away we're gonna get from it, the more that goodwill's gonna come back, uh, come back around. Like the Phillies teams uh, of the two thousand eight, two thousand nine had this like uh, aura to them, and and as I watched that team age, and I watched Chase Utley become a different player, and I watched Ryan Howard turn into a different player, it was very difficult for me from twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, almost four years of watching that baseball team stink to like really, really appreciate like 2008 was special as a kid, but like that 2009 through 2011 period where they were still very good, very competitive, the more time I spend away from that, the more I'm really appreciating that kind of set of time and thinking of like the what ifs. And that's so fun. And, uh, well,
2: well, look, here's what, here's what they fucked up the Phillies. That was the Ruben Amaro, like sign everybody. They just did it too long. What I think Mm -hmm. the Eagles should have done after their Super Bowl is just given it two years. And they should have just gone like, we're going to keep the exact same team for two years, we're going to be old and terrible, and then we're going to cut all of them and start again. And that way you at least, like, if the Eagles had gone 6-10 and after the Super Bowl with Nick Foles starting the entire season and they traded Carson Wentz and got, like, a couple picks for him a couple years down the line, that to me would have been a more... I still would have been happy watching the Eagles suck for the next two years if they had the same players that won the Super Bowl. You just can't drag it out like the Phillies did. Mm-hmm. Or like, I, think, I think Howard was the starting first baseman until like, what was it, like 2014, you said? Like yeah, he, I think
0: he was there through my whole grade school and uh and he, high school like he was un he was unwatchable
2: towards the yeah. end. So like I think there's a balance to strike where it's like I I do think the Eagles with the Nick Foles, Carson Wentz thing, it's like they really did fall into smartest guy in the room syndrome where they're like, well, you know, we we moved up to get Carson, blah, blah. It's like the competitive nature of a team is like, at the very least, I remember like after they won the Super Bowl, like in the fucking stadium, in the little press conference, uh, Lurie was like, Carson Wentz is our starting quarterback next year. And I was like, why the fuck are you saying that? Like, wh- why would – like, you're hurting him by babying him like that. You should go – we just won the fucking Super Bowl. Nick Foles is the quarterback. Carson Wentz is the backup. We all know that after eight games, Nick Foles will probably suck or get hurt, and then Carson Wentz gets to play the hero the next season. But the Eagles just, like, they really treated him like the like a fucking rich kid, spoiled asshole. And it was like, to me that was like an organizational mistake. It's like, you have, to, you have to satiate that part of a fan base and your locker room where you go like, you just won the Super Bowl. We're gonna try to keep as many of these guys as we can. And then kind of like in the background, you plan to replace them in a couple of years, but you don't replace them right away because it's like, it just fucks with, I, I think it just fucks with team chemistry too much. That's my, that's my old man, never played a down a football take. It's like yeah. it, it's. It reminds me when the Ravens won the Super Bowl and then got rid of Dill for the next season, put in Elvis Gerback, and then they fucking didn't even make the playoffs. It's like yeah. don't, it's like it's called magic for a reason. You're not a magician. You're just a fucking dude. The player, like if the if the team plays better with Nick Foles in there, even if they think it's because Nick Foles sucks, and they got to be better yes. <laughs> in Carson Wentz's absence. Then fine, whatever. Whatever the magic is, like you just ride it until it doesn't work, but you can plan for it to not work, but you don't get to like jump ahead of the process of like letting letting the team run it back. I feel like that's an important part of sports that just gets lost when it's nerds making decisions. Anyway, that's my take. It,
1: it's just tough to I think it's just tough to retain a guy like Nick Foles after a season like that because Teams are going to want him to come and start. I mean, he went to the Jags afterwards, and he got a starting role, which he lost. But, you know, it's going to be hard to to retain him knowing what you know about Nick Foles. I mean, we've seen a lot of Nick Foles football. We've seen a lot of probably more bad Nick Foles football than good Nick Foles football. And I love Nick Foles. I'll always love him for what he did for the city. But if you put him up against quarterback X, he's not... He's not an average quarterback. Now he's a streaky quarterback. He has days where he's incredible. He's like very Ryan Fitzpatrick esque, where he'll have these like streaks of three or four or five games where he's just like lights out, you can't beat him, and then suddenly falls off a cliff. And I don't know if as a front office, I love the idea of of
2: strapping myself to that wagon.
1: You have, actually, dude, you have dude poisoning.
2: You have to strap yourself to the wagon. You won the Super Bowl. That's, that's what I'm saying is like, it, it would have been the only season as Eagles fans we could have watched where they went eight and eight and missed the playoffs and gone like, all right, we tried it with Foles and then you move on. And they also remember they built that fucking statue the the Bud Light statue of Nick Foles outside yeah. the stadium. Yeah, and they did this, fun. they did this while they were both on the team. I've said this before. That would be like if my wife put a statue of the last dude she fuck in our kitchen. And I had to walk past it every day when I wanted to get a fucking sandwich. And like throw throw a fucking curtain over this dude so I gotta stare this guy in the eye every time I walk into the kitchen. It's so in, it's so like against human nature the way they manage that situation. It's like what, oh, they, they, done, what, they, what, what they should
1: have done both sides of the fence there.
2: What they should have done is just been like Nick Foles is the starter until he fucks it up, and it's it's it was a it was a fucking mistake that like it was like the first domino. Once you did that, everything had to line up behind Carson Wentz is our guy. Carson Wentz is our guy. Carson Wentz is our guy. Even when all the data was showing all the evidence of him, after a couple seasons, this guy's not getting better. This guy's regressing upon regression. It like to me it's
1: he hadn't had regressed in twenty seventeen. It's not like they drafted him in the twenty seventeen offseason like early and then said he's our guy in twenty eighteen. I mean he was lighting the world on fire in twenty seventeen and there was no there was like no sample to say, Oh, he's going to regress.
2: Well I mean he, he dude, was, as soon as soon as he as soon as he came back. Li- literally once as soon as he came back from his injury, the twenty eighteen season, he was never the same. I know everybody says, like, oh, the playoff run, the playoff run where they're playing against Scrubs in the NFC East and won like three games in a row to finish nine and seven and make the playoffs. He was never good again. And what I'm saying I mean, is, that, is but like the
1: team was bad. The the whole team was bad in 2018. But here's and, you know, but but dude, so, it but was, it was equally bad in 2019, and he was the best player on the field in 2019.
2: But it the mentality... I'm telling you, man, the poison. In the fucking, in the poison in the water is the mentality that you're still the starter when the other guy won the Super Bowl. That's the point where he never played well again.
1: You can't name Nick Foles as the starter and then say, we know he's eventually going to fail and that's going to maybe make Carson Wentz better. It's like, it's like right in a fiction book. Like, who knows if that's really gonna happen? <laughs> no, like, better player no dude, you, Wester, don't, you, you don't got to let the better player start. You don't got to listen. Carson Wentz is a superior player to Nick Foles. Even though no, he's. Even, Even like, now, dude, Nick that's not been that's not what, true. Four teams. Nick that's has not been
0: true. Four I, think, teams. I think. the. I think the, the. The the really interesting part of what you said, Eric, uh, with the K, um, is that it was the first domino, and you said it was the first domino of that team failing. What I think is the more interesting thought is, I think that was the first domino of like I, I am a Jalen Hurts stan, and I was so disgusted by Carson Wentz in 2020. And I would not be, I'd be lying to say if I wasn't on the Carson Wentz should be the guy in 2018, Carson Wentz should be the guy in 2019, let's get a Nick Foles. Or Nick Foles. But there is a point to be made of the person you created. In that in that moment, where you did not say he has to earn his job back, you know things like that. I think there's a point to be to be made to that, where his his personality uh, was not accommodated to become a person that is uh, like he was. He was given the starting job in 2016. he's played well. There was a lot of hope for him. He lit the world on fire in 2017. And then when he didn't go back to that, he almost uh, was uh, cursed to fail. Because yes. of that situation, and and I don't think that's an indictment on Nick Foles as a player or Carson Wentz as a player, but I do think that as a guy who uh, runs the podcast for the backups, you are trying to create the greatest <laughs> episode of all time, <laughs> and it's so clear. <laughs> you listen. You, you th- it, I,
2: I hear what you're saying. I want I want to clear up something that Eric said. I'm not saying the Eagles should have come out and said Nick Foles is our starter, but we know he sucks deep down, so Carson will win it back. I'm saying they can be thinking that second part to themselves, but the signal you send to your fan base and to the locker room of the team that's playing is the guy that won the Super Bowl is gonna keep his job until he loses it. And it's like, yes, there's no question it sucks that Carson Wentz was promising in 2016, was like an MVP in 2017 until he got injured, then gets injured, a backup takes his job, wins the Super Bowl, and then he's a backup. Yes, that would suck. But like he's not like in India dying of coronavirus sucking. He's just a backup quarterback for half a season until Nick Foles gets hurt. It's not like the end of his career. They should have treated their first-round pick like they would have treated a third- or fourth-round pick, which is to be like, yeah, you're the backup. This guy won well, the Super Bowl. Sorry, almost, bro. They still had him under contract for three more seasons.
1: I just think ultimately what you end up with, if you go down that path, if you're the front office and you think Okay, Nick Foles is probably not ter- not the long-term solution, but we're not going to come out and say that. We're going to put a fire under Carson Wentz's ass. I think what you end up with when Nick Foles inevitably fails is you end up with a quarterback that doesn't have confidence. I don't think that that lights it- I mean, look, they knew better than we did at the time what what Carson Wentz was personally, right? And as it turns out, yeah, they they played with kid gloves with him. They certainly did. And maybe maybe it's a personal issue. Maybe it's a maybe it's something to do with him specifically, that you kind of have to do that to make it work. But if they knew that, ultimately what you'd end up with is Nick Foles, who would peter out like he does, and Carson Wentz, who didn't have confidence. And you would have seen 2020 Carson Wentz in 2018. Which, so I, I think, you yeah, would've, you would've, yeah, you would have, you it's, a, it's a bad gamble. I think it's just a big gamble for a front office to take. And I don't know if, if it would me. I don't know if I'd take that gamble because you could end I, up, With nothing,
2: I think what they what they would have done is they would have found out what he was made of two years sooner than they did, because it like look at a guy like Jalen Hurts. Okay, Jalen Hurts won a national title with Alabama, got replaced with Tua in the middle of a championship game the next year, came back as a backup for Alabama, sat for the whole season, came into a playoff game, won it for Alabama, then left for Oklahoma, taught himself how to throw. (laughs) And now he's the Eagles quarterback. Okay, so, like, that guy had adversity fucking, I'd say, more than Carson Wentz did. Because he did sit for an entire season his junior year, where he was, for sure, one of the top ten college quarterbacks, but just happened to be behind Tua. Mm -hmm. Tua happened to have that crazy game in the, you know, the back half of the, the national championship game. So like that revealed what his character was. That's part of the reason why I love Jalen Hurts to say that Carson Wentz couldn't handle sitting on the bench for eight games after Nick Foles won the Super Bowl, I'm sorry, dude. To me, it's like, this is the pussy test. If you can't handle that, we'd rather be rid of you now than waste three years trying to like build your confidence around you. To me, I think the fact that they baby them,
1: it's like, it makes sense. And I and I get where you're coming from, but I think that's a tough <laughs> that's like a tough ask like for a <laughs> lot, a lot of players in this league. Like not just Carson Wentz. That's a hard ask for a lot of players, especially quarterbacks. Yeah. Who just, cares
2: but I, he's who gives a shit if he's under contract? contract. Because He's under contract. we
1: have to be practical. We talk about this. The front office has to make a dollars and cents decision. It's not just something that happens four years later on a podcast. Like we have to really think about it. Like that's a tough ask for a lot of quarterbacks in this league. A lot of them are not going to, are they're not going to take it. Well, Good, I got bad, especially not MVP candidates.
0: Well, here's the thing with this, that, that two thoughts, first one, very serious. Um, I think that one big thing that you could have framed it differently is saying, we're going to let this guy take all the time he needs to to get healthy. Because I think that when you put that pressure that you're the starter, you're the starter, you're the starter, and we, you know, we need you on the field so that we can feel like we're going to win games. Maybe you kind of cursed him because you, you put him in a situation to get hurt again. That back injury, Nick Foles comes out, takes out his big shank again, and and, and takes the team to the playoffs <laughs> again. You almost, like, as crazy as it is, because he's like a mad scientist with this crazy shit he's talking with the like, eat my balls number two overall pick, you're going to sit down and this, that, and the other thing. But almost impracticality, if you did it, you let that guy get fully healthy, and then you get 2017 Wentz back, and then you don't deal with this uh, uh situation where he's he's hurt again he gets another blow to his ego he, you know the the guy clearly has oh, something listen, up an ego
1: maniac. Uh, oh listen uh, he, he they they played with kid gloves with him and now we know that they probably had to and here's so, the thing
0: about the combine we that we should be man. doing i know i know every player's how many bench how many bench reps they can do how many uh, how's their forty time this that and the other thing why don't i know how big Carson Wentz's balls are because if I would have known that when we were drafting him, I would have never <laughs> in a million years. Look, you listen, you, you look, Hey, the guy's got small balls. No big deal. We're going to put him around two backup quarterbacks. Uh, uh, we're going to put him behind Coy Detmer and we're going to put him behind um, uh, backup quarterback genius. Give me one.
2: Uh, you're going to put him behind uh, Kevin Cobb.
0: Right, Kevin Cobb, guy can't even, guy doesn't know what his balls even look like. He's been concussed so many Remember, times. Remember like, the first couple
1: of games of Kevin Cobb's career where he threw like 400 yards for like three straight games or something ridiculous like that? Yeah, and then he actually, It actually
0: looked like he
2: was going to be good for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> he
0: yeah, got he hit so hard by Clay Matthews, he shit his pants. <laughs> and the rest, as they say, it was history. But, you know, you can't keep putting this small ball mentality of Carson Wentz around big ball guys. Can't put him next to Nick Foles. He can't put him next to Jalen Hurts. Just makes guys like us. I mean, guys like Carson, guys like Carson feel bad. That's what I meant about it. But, I, I,
2: I, I also love every time I have this conversation with I know I know nobody defends that like, hey, we made the right moves with Carson. Obviously, it didn't work out. But, like, everybody talks about Nick Foles. Like, he didn't throw 27 touchdowns and two interceptions in, 20, in 2013. Like, he didn't – basically every single playoff game he was with the Eagles, the one they lost to the Saints in 2014, uh, the, all, everything he played in the season they won the Super Bowl, and then beat the Bears, should have beat the Saints again in New Orleans if Alshon makes mm-hmm. that catch. The dude, for whatever fucking reason – when he's wearing Eagles colors, is a very good quarterback. He never had a bad season as an Eagles quarterback. He had bad seasons everywhere else.
0: With Jeff Fisher with, as his coach, might, might you want to add there?
2: Sure, but the numbers on this back
0: my thing up with
2: Nick Foles, which is that I, there's a thing that's like, it happens with baseball players a lot, but they'll be like, I don't know, just trying to pick uh, Joe Maurer for the Minnesota Twins hits 450 with a home run every five at-bats when he plays in Kansas City. Why? Because he just fucking likes it there. Like, something about the hotel he stays in, like, for some reason, some players just play good in some places. It just feels right to them. There there was, to me, something worth exploring in the insanity of a guy that was, like, out of football – coming into the Eagles and being that good in those pressure situations for whatever it was, seven games.
1: There's certainly an element of X factor to it. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to disagree with that. You know, I hear what you're saying. I I don't know if I totally agree, but I get it. You know, I understand. Um, You know, it just kind of is at this point, it just kind of is what it is.
0: It's fun to look back, but even that, like looking back at the twenty seventeen seventeen season as a Philadelphia fan, uh, we 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 may have thought that we were going to have this nice. Uh, oh, oh I, I think
1: it's going to feel fuzzy. We're going to get
0: this fuzzy feeling, this trip down memory lane. And now we're like, I'm like, I think Eric's gonna, I think Eric's gonna Highlander other Eric and drive to California over Nick <laughs> Foles. It's going to be crazy, but dude, I mean,
2: it's. I I don't know why. Look, I I always say on my show. I go to bat for the backups. That is my role in this, is I say I, I look at two quarterbacks in a quarterback controversy. I say who's the more backupy player? Mm-hmm. And then I fucking put my army behind <laughs> that dude. <laughs> I yeah, fight no
1: better year for the backups than 2017, man.
0: Oh my god, dude. It was amazing. Listen, I don't mean to cut you off here, but uh, the, the Sixers play in about 10 minutes, so I want to give you one more segment. I want the the guy who goes to bat for the backups to convince this uh, this gentleman across from me who is a <laughs> Carson Wentz stand why why is Jalen Hurts going to lead this Eagles team to, I, I don't know, how about an NFC East championship? And I have a feeling that it's going to have a lot to do with the juice that he brings, that chemistry, that thought. But I want I to leave you the this, floor.
1: This all comes back. Listen, I hope Jalen Hurts is amazing. He hasn't shown me it yet. I believe in his work ethic. I believe in that X factor thing. I don't know if it's always enough. But this really comes back to like Philly's just like deep, deep love affair with backup quarterbacks. Like for a long time. It, It would be like, I don't know if there's another organization that's been affected more consistently by backups than than the Eagles outside of, I guess you can make the argument that the Patriots, because they ended up having Tom Brady as a backup and we know how that turned yeah, out, but, but he,
0: he, he transcended but like backupism. Years year. He after did. Yeah. Year,
1: yeah. I mean, he's like the ultimate backup winner. I mean, nobody will ever be better than that, but, but like, it just seems like year after year, after year, after like team, after team, after team, there's another, like there's a new Eagles backup that the Eagles desperately want to be the starter. Corey Detmer, we talked about multiple times today, Jeff Garcia, AJ Feely,
2: Nick Foles, uh AJ <laughs> Hurts.
1: Ooh. Like they're just it's just such a long list of those guys, you know? It, it's Do you guys
0: like, remember Bobby Hoying? Know. I know the name, Bobby Hoing. I mean, like, I oh, know who he, is. he was a little before
1: my time.
2: Oh, my God. Okay, so first off, I mean, I'm the, I'm the elder statesman on this podcast. When when we hang up and you're, after we're done watching Ben Simmons not have a jump shot for two hours. Nah. <laughs> when's it, when's, you know, I love when they have a player that in basketball where they're like, he can do everything. He can play defense. He can run. He can defend. He can't shoot. I'm like, well, that's kind of fucking important for basketball, but whatever. He's a facilitator. <laughs> I'm moving. He they watched the point guard sag three feet off of him when he's at the free throw line. Jesus Christ, he can't shoot. Point. Look, 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 Here, here's what I'm gonna say. Bobby Hoyne, you guys have to YouTube Bobby Hoyne. So he came in at the like the last three games of a meaningless two and you know, 12 <laughs> Eagles season. And he had like one comeback drive against the Bengals at Veterans Stadium. This was in 90, I want to say 97, 96 or 97. It was like two years before they got McNabb.
1: Yeah, it was like five. And
2: and so the Eagles, Eagles fans went fucking crazy. They were like, this guy is fucking Joe Montana. He's this is the best quarterback. He's they everybody bought Bobby Hoyne jerseys for the next season. They were like, This is our new starter. If you watch, like, the Eagles year in review, 1996, it'll be like it's, you know, the guys talking about Bobby Hoying for 15 minutes being like, the future is with Bobby Hoying. Like, the whole city put their faith behind this guy. He started the next year, started nine games through zero touchdown passes in nine starts. I'm not making that up. Zero touchdown passes and, like, 12 interceptions and obviously was, like, out of football two years later. But it was the quickest, like, this guy is amazing, this guy sucks, I think in professional sports. Like, what, it, was, why it, it was faster Philly, than Linsanity. Why does Philly
1: specifically have such an affinity for these guys? Because there's a long list. I mean, it's got – I mean, it's – Invincible. In our lifetime, I'm just like – I'm just thinking <laughs> of guys off the top of my head that I remember. Jeff Garcia, baby. He's our baby, baby. <laughs> everybody baby, remembers baby. that. Yeah. Like, everybody remembers that. Everybody remembers the A.J. Feely mania. Mm. Like, should he start when McNabb gets back? <laughs> should McNabb have to sit? Mm. Like, if you would have went to 32 out of 32 teams and said, who should start, A.J. Feely or, or McNabb? But A.J. Feely's hot. The he answer would be McNabb. He was hot. Huh. Like, no, I'm just saying, like, it, it it's like, continues. <laughs> yes. and, now, and now, like, last year it was, like, you know, now everybody loves
2: Jalen Hurts. Love and,
1: again, like, I'm not criticizing Jalen Hurts, but it's a pattern. You know, like, we just love backups. Like, what's the deal?
2: I think it's, it's – look, like, there's, there's a couple things. It's fun. That's number one. Number two, Philadelphia is a city of people who, like ev- like everybody in the world, most people did not like their lives didn't work out the exact way they want. You're on your plan B, your plan C, your plan D. So like when you're that, when you're living that life, and you probably are you're an East Coast city with a lot of like repressed Catholic psychopaths <laughs> in your city, you map your own feelings onto that. you map your own feelings onto your sports team and you see yourself in the backup. So I think that's like the maybe subconscious reason why so many people in Philly attach themselves to backups and underdogs the way they do. Certainly everything I'm saying applies to me as well. Um, But also sometimes we're right, like the whole Nick Foles thing we were fighting about. Sometimes you're right, (laughs) and the backup deserves (laughs) love. So look, here's uh, about Jalen Hurts. Everything I said about him before, if you just look at what he's been through, in his college career, the adversity he's faced, dealt with, did not get an easy ticket back to being a starter, had to really swallow his pride, um, be a team guy, and then got an opportunity somewhere else to show his stuff and did it, uh, which is what he did his senior year, or I should say his fifth, I think, yeah, his senior year at, when he transferred to Oklahoma. Um, that, to me, tells me, The most important thing I need to know about him, which is, is this a guy that loves the game, that believes in himself, and can inspire people to run through a brick wall for him? Because as a quarterback, more than any other position, you have to be—you have to make other players better.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt,
2: man. I mean, he's definitely got—he's got got it. He's definitely got got off the chart. He's off the charts with intangibles. And this is dude you have to remember when he was a freshman and sophomore at Alabama, the dude could not throw like he literally could not throw. He was a running quarterback who would maybe drop back 15 to 20 times a game. And it was never anything more than 10 yards down the field. Couldn't read defense. It just wasn't his game at uh, Alabama. Look at what he did from. When he got benched at Alabama to his senior year, when he transferred to Oklahoma, it, like that's a complicated pro style offense they run uh, in Oklahoma, and he was fucking running it flawlessly. He was a Heisman Trophy finalist his senior season. People were like, "I don't know how he's gonna fit in with this. They're gonna have to change the whole offense for it, dude." They made the offense more complicated with him.
0: So what yeah, I'm saying he's is not, like he is. He's, just he, let him keep going. I'm almost in. there. Let him keep he going. Is, I'm almost there he has already shown
2: an ability to gain new skills as he goes. Mm. So to me, he's, di- he's displayed all the things you need as a quarterback as far as intangibles go. He has a strong enough arm. He's obviously very mobile. But he's shown that he can learn stuff when forced to do it. So that's what the yeah. NFL is oh, about, yeah. is I mean, like making professional adjustments.
0: He no, I'm saying like really I can learn it. Get me a brick wall. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for the 2021 Eagles to show the world to absolutely prove if he, if all these people wrong.
1: Bit, like if he shows us arm talent next year, like I'm ready to roll. I'll buy but <laughs> Eric's
0: the kind. Ka- the
2: kind of guy that Eric's the kind of guy that watches the movie Rudy and at the end goes, but this guy can never make it in the pros. That's not the point <laughs> of the movie, Eric. Let us <laughs> watch well, the, the same of- movie. <laughs> The point of the the point of the movie is to enjoy the underdog. Enjoy <laughs> Jalen Hurts. The dude is a fucking gamer who ever who has been doubted everywhere he's been and keeps proving people wrong. I think he's I'm, gonna do I'm, it again. I'm rooting for him. I, I hope he does. I'm ready for it.
1: You, I'm fucking rooting for him more than anybody on this fucking planet, because I wanna see this team be good. And I think this team has the makings of a good team. I think we've got a, a decent young team. I love Devontae Smith. I think the offensive line is good. I think there's some depth there finally. So I mean I, I think they're good. I think they just need they need Hertz to develop a little further. And and, and I, I hope that he will. I think that he can. I think he's got the I think he's got the X factor like we talked about a few times. He's definitely got the it factor. So it's just a matter of whether or not he develops. Do I hope he does? Yeah. Do I think he's got the tools? Yeah, I kind of do. I want to see more out of his arm. I want to see a little bit better, more diverse, more complete arm talent. But if I see that, I'm going to feel really good about it. You know, it's, it, I'm not an anti-Jalen Hurts guy. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a, I believe in Carson Wentz talent, but that doesn't make
2: me anti-Jalen Hurts. So I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> fucking pulling for him more than anybody. Listen, I, 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 let me say this, and then we can go watch Tobias Harris take a three Stop when it. the lane's wide open. Stop uh, it. You got me on your side. Just enjoy it. The, the, the <laughs> name – I'm sorry. The name of the podcast is The Philly Specialist, correct? Correct. Oh, no. So, oh, so no. Your, your, your podcast is named after a play that Nick Foles called himself during the Super Bowl – and I spent 30 minutes arguing with you about how great Nick Foles is. I want – you know, you guys are – this is a fun podcast. I want you to embrace the magic of the backup, okay? that That is my parting word to you. Embrace it's these backups. The it is it is part of our Philly tradition to love mm-hmm. backup quarterbacks. It is quarterbacks. part of the
1: culture. There's no- it's in
2: it's our, our DNA. P- it's part of the cultures. Jalen Hurts was uh, – uh, I, I, he, has, he has real backup credentials. <laughs> he, he brought those from college. Not a lot of guys get, are a backup for an entire season in college in their junior year and get drafted in the second round. Yeah, so
1: it does make him specifically <laughs> tailored
0: to play <laughs> in Philly. Yes, dude, it does. It <laughs> no does. doubt. And we got a head start on falling in love with him, it seems like. Hell yeah. So All I've right. always wanted to do this. I've always wanted to do this. Do what? Eric, tell them where they can find you. Oh, that was, good. <laughs> that was, that was great. Have you, have you had
2: no guest on the show with a website? You've never had anybody to ask that question to?
0: I mean, I would plug my own Instagram, but I've never <laughs> yeah. we've never had a guest before.
2: Perfect. Well, look, yeah. uh, I'm glad I could pop your guys' guest cherry. You can find me uh, at Eric Helwig, E-R-I-C-K, Helwig, H-E-L-L-W-I-G, just erichelwig.com. All my social media handles are my name, at Eric Helwig. Um, And then if you go to my website, uh, you'll see my podcast, which is Bringing the Backups. You can subscribe to it. It's on all the platforms, Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Um, We literally just dropped an episode today about Danny Werfel. And uh, I interviewed my friend Brad Stoll, who is a hilarious comedian and like content creator on uh, on social media. So definitely check out the podcast. And uh, you can also write into the show and tell me that you uh, you found me on the Philly Specialist, and I'll give you a shout out on the next episode as well.
0: We really sure, appreciate definitely. you jumping on. Yeah, man, definitely. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Go, yeah, Jalen Hurts. Constantly. It was a great time. For sure. I got to tell Craig to leave. Yeah.
1: All right, everybody. That's our show today. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you check out our Instagram. Make sure you check out our Twitter. Um, you know where to find it. The Philly specialists, both times, very easy, very simple. We want to thank Eric for jumping on today. It was very cool. It was cool to have a guest. Cool to have, uh, Somebody fight with me about Nick Foles, but I'm not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're literally to corner bar in South Philly and rehash the whole argument. Tapper
1: on shout out okay. Tapper on, 19th. Out, tap him on 19th. I'm going to be hammered in a couple hours, and the Sixers are already on. So go Sixers, and as always, go Birds. Thanks, everybody.